Welcome to Feeling Asian, a podcast where two Asians talk about their feelings. I'm Young Me Mayor. And I'm Brian Park. And we have such a hilarious, amazing guest today. And they're also Asian, as always. But before we introduce her, we're going to do our Patreon shout outs. Yeah. So for our listeners out there, if you like the podcast, please support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash feeling Asian. Young Me and I offer a lot of cool stuff. Check it out. But any donation amount gets you a shout out on the podcast. And let's just jump right into it because we have an amazing guest this week. So our first shout out for this episode, Young Me, goes out to Noye Kim. Noye Kim. Noye Kim is, uh, loves to hike. I see those Merrill boots. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> I, see the, I see those like mountain climbing pants. This is their passion to hike. Whoa, this is a yeah. You usually yep. see hair, but you have the entire archetype down to a T. Hiking. I mean, I'm assuming this person's Korean because their last name is Kim. Do you ever meet those like random Korean people that are like from Alaska, <laughs> yeah. and they like live in like li- like they like are one of those like bear gorillas people? <laughs> I feel like there's a lot of random Korean people that do that. It's like a Korean oh. thing. I feel like Noya is one of those people. Do you know what I mean? Like they no, live in Colorado. I, I dig it. Yeah. I dig it. Honestly, yeah. it's a matter, it's a timing thing because inevitably all Koreans after the age of 55, you become full on hiking, bro. Like hiking, every, bro. Yeah. every old Asian person just suddenly gets really into hiking poles, hiking, uh, hiking Merrill boots. Patagonia yep. down this and you're just hiking and walking with your hands behind your back. Yeah, but I feel no I think Noe's young. They're, That's they're what I'm getting, saying. Yeah, it's a matter of time. Yeah, they're getting so Noe is precocious. Now. She's yeah, she's yeah. a prodigy at becoming an elderly Asian person. Old old Asian people either get into hiking or Chanel, I feel like. <laughs> like just fifteen thousand dollars worth of Chanel wherever they go. Or Absolutely. hiking. So you're either going to Yosemite, worth of hiking. Yeah. You're, you're going to Yosemite, or you're flying to Paris to go straight to the source and get your Chanel bags for a couple hundred dollars cheaper. Yeah, and they're gonna wait in line at the airport to get that tax, tax, uh, what's that called? Tax rebate. Duty free. <laughs> I'm too uh, lazy to wait. I always wait in line, you know, and then I'm like, I'm gonna get my forty dollars back, and then I'm like, no. I'm too lazy. Uh, No, thank you for uh, (laughs) supporting us. Our next shout out goes out to Mina Choi. Mina Choi. Mina or Nina? Mina. Che Mina. Mina? Yeah. Wow, our first Mina out of the three trillion Minas in this world, we got one? (laughs) Damn. There's so many Minas. I'm seeing hip hop dancer. All right. Yeah. Yeah, I see that. Like a hip hop dance Asian Lots wears of, those yeah. uh, track pants that have the buttons on the side so you can rip them off really easily and baggy tee, some colorful Nike Air Force Ones. And We're really going for the Asian stereotypes today, Brian. <laughs> <laughs> but what is Asian comedy than just subtly being racist towards your own people? <laughs> exactly, exactly. Throwing out, throwing us under the bus for some white laughs. That's all we... <laughs> I have to say Mina is a hot... Every Mina I've known has been hot, but also kind of a bitch. 
yeah, that's what I'm thinking. That's what I'm thinking. Hot bitch name. You She's know? hot and bitchy at the dance studio. All the guys in the dance studio have a huge crush on Mina. So they're doing yeah. their like tutting moves to impress her. But on the low, she's dating some random drug dealer and wants nothing to do with the dance studio too dudes. Too cool. Too cool. Yeah, too cool. Yeah. Criminal. Yeah. <laughs> Mina, thank you for supporting us on the podcast. And our last shout out goes out to Eric Kim. Eric Kim. I'm getting heavy like church a- vibes. <sighs> Eric Kim. I don't know. I'm getting, you know what I'm getting? I'm getting meat, smoked meats. What? Yeah, that's, that's a strong psychic vibe today. Smoked meats, like he's one of the, his hobby is to smoke meats in his backyard. <laughs> Yo, that is You know one of those people? Spot on. Like, yeah, he's the dude who just has a green egg in his backyard and is just yes. fucking heavy into smoking meats. And then every time you go over, you're like, all right, Eric, what, what are you making now? With smoked ribs, whatever. And then he like serves it to you and you're like, man, this is kind of worth the $20,000. This is fucking fire. And you're like, this is good. (laughs) I'm sorry I was making fun of you. All of his Instagram stories are of him like (laughs) using his Japanese cooking knife to cut open some short rib and he reveals the marbleization of the meats. And you're like, all right, it's this content again. (laughs) <laughs> this is, I, it's Eric's thing. Don't just just go along with it, and then you eat it, and you're like, "Yeah, this is." And then you're like listening to his <laughs> recipe. You're like, "This is really good. <laughs> Give me the recipe." <sighs> what if that's the one time I got something right? Brian always gets it right. I never do. What if that's the one time I guessed correctly? Eric's I like, "How did she this. know?" I co-sign yeah, on this. The smoked meats. Yeah. Yeah. So basically, Eric, thanks for supporting us on the podcast, but. Really, we want an invite to your smoke out. Please. Hook us up. <laughs> um, well, that does it for our shout outs for this episode. Uh, if you'd like to get a shout out, please. Once again, patreon.com slash feeling Asian. It's how we keep the lights on in this operation. Uh, anyhow, I think it's time to introduce our wonderful guest this week, young me. Yeah. Before you do, I just want to say that this is one of the only like comedians that I see content that makes me laugh like consistently, which I feel like is saying a lot. Cause I feel like I'm not, not that I'm, I'm like, it's saying a lot. If I laugh, like it's saying a lot because you know, comedians know I mean? jobs are to make people laugh. And I don't laugh at anyone, but her content. <laughs> no, but like, obviously most, com- a lot of comedians are funny, but it's like, right. it's funny. It's, it's hard to like Debatable. make content. That's like, <laughs> no. Yeah, it is. It's yeah. True. <laughs> I'm yeah, not it's funny. Always, Go on. Always. <laughs> <laughs> She's the only one that makes me laugh, Brian. The only comedian I know oh, that's me Asian. Too. <laughs> I'm just um, I don't want to uh, leave our uh, listeners waiting in excitement any longer. Uh, everyone, it is a huge honor to have this guest on the podcast. She is a an incredibly talented comedian and viral sensation because I'm sure at some point you have scrolled on Instagram and come across her genius videos. Her handle is at Jenny Arimoto. Please give your ears to the real life Jenny Arimoto. Yay. <laughs> Thank you. That's so nice. <laughs> Jenny, I want to say, I want to say this and I mean this in like the most best way. You are like the embodiment of Brooklyn 
Gen Z Asian cool girl. <laughs> oh, you know what I mean? Okay, so that's like that, my joke this year has been I want to get so hot, but I think I misunderstood the prompt as become Gen Z. I just turned 30, so not, not oh Gen God. Z at all. Really? But I'm, Is that not Gen Z? Oh, oh, I'm no. so sorry. Oh my no, I'm so sorry. I'm millennial. <laughs> I'm a firm millennial, but um, oh that God. is truly the best compliment that I could have received. Thank you. Okay, I'm glad that you because li- <laughs> I don't know. I feel like a lot of Asian people get offended if you think th- that they're younger. That's such a big Asian thing. Maybe when I was like 18. I mean, yeah. But yeah, yeah. I want to be. I want to be Gen Z. I want to be like 22 right now. <laughs> yeah. Not, yeah. But I'm, I'm striving yeah. for it. Big Gen Z vibes. I'm getting but huge you, Gen Z like- energy. <laughs> Thank yeah, you yeah. so much. Best day but of my you life. also have like that, like Brooklyn. You know, like you have nice skin. You have like perfect hair. Your outfits yeah. are like perfect. Oh like if God. I ever met you at a house party, I would definitely try to impress you by talking about the books I'm reading, even though I've haven't finished any of them and I can only talk about them like very surface level. Well, that's good because I also have not, not finished one book this year, I don't think. So I would be doing it back to you like, oh yeah, cool. Me too. Well, we're glad you haven't been reading because you've been killing it on Instagram with your fucking hilarious Instagram videos. Thank you. So it's a, it's a service to reading. all of us. Yes, I do it for the fans, not reading. Before we get to... Um, your interview and talking to Jenny. Brian, how are you feeling? Oh, I'm going first this week. Yeah. All right. So, listeners, we all know that it is kind of a running bit on the Feeling Asian podcast that Young Me playfully and sometimes threateningly makes fun of me and gives me a hard time. Uh, (laughs) Most recently... It was a restaurant excursion where I gave the service people a hard time. I apologize for that. But now I think it's time to dish it back because something wow. happened over the weekend. And I want, it's Uh-oh. a story. It's a story. What? Uh, but it has been on the forefront of my mind because I am someone with uh, social anxiety. And whew, so basically, listeners... Brian's young mad. Me, I'm not mad. I'm not mad. I'm <laughs> okay. not mad. I promise I'm not okay. mad. This is an, all in Brian? good fun. Um, <laughs> so, oh young God. me, you invited me to a dinner party this past Saturday, which is really, you know, I'm, I was so gracious for the invitation and I didn't know anyone at the dinner party. And I was like, are you sure I can be there? And you're like, yeah, it's no worries. I'm going to ask the host. Okay, I got the green light. The host said you can come. So it's a dinner party, and the only person I know is young me. Now, as a person with social anxiety, I'm on the fence here, okay? I'm, my, every instinct in my body's like, I don't know if I should go. I don't want to be clingy. I'm going to impose. But, you know, I've, young me wouldn't have invited me if she didn't want me there. This is going to be a great opportunity to meet new people. This kind of makes me feel uncomfortable. I'm going to put myself out there. Let's go. So I, there was like a nice invitation too. It said hors d'oeuvres at 6.30, dinner starts at 7.30. <sighs> and the dinner's all the way up in Harlem, which is about a one hour commute from my apartment. So I text young me and I go, hey, what time are you going to be there? Also, do you want to yeah. head up together? Young me replies, I'm going to be there at 6.30. So I'm like, 
all right, well, I guess that means Youngmi doesn't want to head up together. I don't want to follow up on this, so I'll just be there at seven to make sure that <laughs> Youngmi is definitely there. And listeners, you kind of already know where this is going. Basically, how this plays out is like a whole. You could, if the director's out there, you can turn this into a, sh- a horror short film with like heavy office cringe vibes oh, because horror. I. So I, I take the subway up there, and the subway's crawling at a snail's pace because there's so many train delays. I text Young Man, I'm like, hey, are you stuck on the train? No it was response. The day it was raining really no response. hard. And. I, I get there around like 7.15 and I, I I thought, okay, maybe Youngmi's already there. She's mingling. She can't answer her phone. I get to the virtual doorbell and the name doesn't match the host, like the dinner host's name. And so I was like, all right, I guess I'll just ring this. This woman answers in an incredibly mean tone. She's like, who is this? I was like, um, I'm here for the dinner party. She's like, who are you? Uh... Who do you like? Do, do you know? Do you know? I um, was like, uh, I'm I'm here, like a friend of a friend. Is young me there? And she hung up on me. And so I'm like, uh, young me's not responding. I'm at. I don't know, and I literally don't know anyone at this dinner party. So I guess I can't go. So I text young me. I'm like, hey, I can't get in. Young me responds back. Fuck my life. I overslept. I haven't even left my apartment yet. And I'm like, oh my, at that I'm like, oh my God, this is like, like the last thing I wanted to happen. It's like, you're my only lifeline, this connection to this dinner party. I'm not just going to show up. Hey, what's up? But it turned out someone, uh, we had a mutual friend who I didn't know was going to be there. She let me up. I get there. We're mingling. Everyone's like, so how do you know this person? I'm like, I don't. I just know through my friend who is supposed to be here but isn't here. <laughs> and uh, young me. I'm so sorry, Brian. <laughs> young me. Young me. Brian is sweating. We all know Brian's sweat. He's just I'm sweating s- in this person's Harlem how, living room. How, I'm sweating in this person's <laughs> Harlem living room. And I will go on the record and say the dinner host kind of annoyed with me because he gave clear instructions to not ring the doorbell. Because it wasn't was his apartment. He was cat-sitting. Youngmi did not relay those instructions to me. So I blew up this guy's spot. The His friend's upset at him because he's hosting this dinner party that he's not supposed to be hosting. And uh, <sighs> Young, yeah, and so I was just mingling with all these people who I didn't know. And uh, you and Youngmi, you didn't show up until two and a half hours later. <laughs> and you know what? I That's true. And I have to say, I showed up Two hours later, an hour and a half later, two hours later. Yeah. And then dinner didn't start for 40 minutes after I got there. No I, fault of mine. Just the, um, the host, that's when the dinner came out. I'm, I'm going to, this is Young Me's first time hearing this. The host told us, I'm not going to start cooking until Young Me's closer to the apartment. Oh. So we're just going <laughs> to. So it was my fault? So it was just like lots of forced, a lot of forced conversation. <laughs> Okay, because I was text- I was like, just start without me. I'll just come. And he was like, no, don't, no, don't worry. I'm no, still cooking. No, he kind of, he relayed it to us. He was like, do you want to wait for young me? We're like, yeah, let's wait for young me. And it's storming. <laughs> this is like, you know what this is, Brian? I'm so sorry. I felt no, no, so bad. 
it's just the initial part. The initial part is as someone with social anxiety, I'm like, why do I, I always go to these parties where I only know one person there. Please be there because it's going to, I just need at least one person there to like help me navigate this space. (laughs) Jenny, this is like, okay, so this is going to be one of those movies where you see one person doing something and then it's the same night from someone else's perspective. You know, like that movie, (laughs) this is what's going to happen now. I'm going to tell you my perspective. And it kind of ties, it ties into how I was feeling. So right. this is going to work. So this, this is, this, this is my day. <laughs> my day, the, this is my whole journey into that, like the long day's journey into that dinner party. Okay. I wake up and I'm just like, I'm like seeing some lightly seeing someone right now. And we're just having a lot of sex as I've, I've already said on the podcast. And so it's been this debaucherous, like weeks of just sex and drinking and like whatever. Right. So I wake up, we went, we went to um, the Japanese supermarket in Jersey, Mitsua, and it was just like to get like sushi there and we had a whole day and then we drank sake in the strip mall, you know, I'm fancy. And then <laughs> I took a bunch of mushrooms and then I had a bunch of sex. Okay. That's just, it's my day off. You know, when Mino's not here, I go hard. Everyone knows. I took a bunch of mushrooms. I had a bunch of sex. My friend left because he had to go somewhere for something. And I, without waking me up, which is nice, I wake up at 7, 10, just like, <laughs> just fucked up. Just, just, you know, just like, I don't even know what, I don't even know who I am. I've like lost all, I don't even know where I am. I don't know. <laughs> so I wake up okay. and then I just see this text from Brian and I'm like, oh my God. And in that moment, like if it wasn't, if Brian wasn't there, I just would not have gone. I would have been like, fuck this is it's raining like crazy outside right and but i'm like i have to go because brian so i literally oh just jump God. in i jump in a car i jump in a car and i put the address in and i get and then the the host asked me to get cat litter so i'm carrying this like 900 i don't even know why cat litter is so heavy in the rain like torrential downpour oh, and yeah. i get to this address in Greenpoint. And I'm like, where are you? I'm standing outside. And he's like, you went to the wrong one. It's in Harlem. And Same standing address, there. but different location. <laughs> and then he was like, oh, can you bring alcohol? So I was holding this like six pack of maku, you know, like the makali, makali like the yeah. Asia, Asian alcohol. And it's it has a paper like six pack holder. And then I'm holding it. It's like in a cat litter. And I call another car. It's 15 minutes away because there's a tra- there's a storm. So then I finally get in the car. As I'm running in the car, the maku paper disintegrates. Just the fucking alcohol just goes flying everywhere. I get in the car. And then it's like a 45-minute Uber. This is like literally $300 worth of Ubers <laughs> at this point. So I'm like, I'm going to get there, Brian. It's depending on me. <laughs> so then I like get to the party and I just like run in like wet and it's like 9 p.m. at that point. Oh my God, I love this. Vibes are catastrophic at the party. Not the host. I love the host. Dear friend. But his other friends. Just to paint a little picture, while young me was waiting for her Uber and holding 9,000 pounds worth of cat litter, flat cut to me having a conversation at the party waiting for young me. Hey, oh, that's cool. Cool. So, uh, Tell me more about your communist podcast. <laughs> These are little hints at who was at this party. They are 
people that you know that have a communist podcast. Let's just say that. I, I did not know who they were, but a lot of people do. Vibes catastrophic. Vibes six six foot under. Worst worst vibes. You know when you walk in and and those people want you to know that they're famous, but nobody, you know, and they are, but you don't know who they are. That's sort of like, well, like a, um, my vibes. name is blah. And I'm like, I don't know, bro, I don't know who you are, sis. I don't know who any of you are, okay? I'm, and I flail in just fucked up out of my mind on mushrooms. Actually, I was sober. I was sober by then. I had slept it off. I was like, and I was just like, ah! I run in like that. And then um, my friend who was, there, apparently everyone's drinking for two hours. So my friend who was there, our mutual, Brian and I's mutual friend immediately is just trashed because she's drinking straight gin. And almost like 20 minutes into the party, after the first course, I'm like completely sober. My friend's very drunk. Brian is devastated. <laughs> Vibes are catastrophic. And we're, we're sitting at this table with these horrible people. And I'm like, I... I'm just going to try to leave. <laughs> so, and I feel, this is why I feel bad for Brian because my friend was so drunk and I was like, I'm going to take her home. And so I just left, Jenny. I was there for maybe 25 minutes oh. and then I left Brian and then Brian stayed, which that's the part I feel uh, bad about. You're leaving about. the detail. You left me. I was doing all of the dishes because I felt bad for the host who graciously invited us to his space, spent the entire time cooking, didn't even have time to socialize with anyone. Meanwhile, you have this room full of people who are like, want them, everyone to know that they're famous, but everyone like doesn't know. It was just bad vibes. Everyone just dips out. And I'm like, I feel so bad. You cooked for everyone. No, and Brian now you're left, a- you're left with like cleaning up for everyone else. Like, fuck that. Yeah. So I stayed and I did all the dishes with him. But the vibes, vibes were, were bad. so bad that Brian decided to, he'd rather do dishes. That is by exactly himself. what happened. So he was doing dishes by himself. But to be fair, our, fr- our friend was very drunk. So I did need to help her yes, get home. Yes, and I yes. was like, I will take you home. And I'm glad I did because like during the ride, she, like home, like it was like, I could tell like she wasn't supposed to be, you know, like she should right, have right, not right, been right, in public. Right. And then I got stuck in a fucking elevator. <laughs> Let's not forget that. We get to my friend's building and the elevator breaks down in the middle and she's freaking out. She's breathing heavily. And then we we stole like, a, well, it was her gin, but we had a <laughs> bottle of gin. And then I started just chugging the gin in the elevator. I was sober when I got in the elevator. When I got out, I was wasted. <laughs> that's how long we were in the elevator god and, um, damn but okay so how okay that's uh, the end of the story anyways Sorry, and yeah so yeah. to wrap things up from my perspective I come back home drenched and I came to the conclusion if I get invited to a social gathering and there's like I have to make a lot of justifications to myself and every impulse yeah. in me says I shouldn't go don't to this. Go. This I honor that. I don't go. Especially Brian, in a hurricane. Th- it was a hurricane. No. Yeah. <sighs> Brian, I feel like our our psychic our psychic senses were strong with us. Like neither of us should have been there. Well, you invited me, so you went out of your way to ask the host, I "Hey, know. can I can Brian come?" So I'm like, "Okay, I feel like it'd be rude to not show up at this point. You didn't have to go out of your way to make sure I come. Also, I just want to say that ties into how I feel this week is like, I'm really overdoing it. You know, I'm like, like I've been having a lot of sex, drinking a lot, eating a lot of food, whatever. And I feel, I feel like I have this like backlash shame feeling. You know, I have like body dysmorphia. I'm like freaking out about 
just like, I, I feel like I don't even know if I've like gained weight, but I feel like whenever I have too much fun, my brain does this thing where I'm like, now it's time to whip yourself. You make yourself feel bad and ashamed. So I'm, I'm, dur- <laughs> I'm in that cycle right now. So I like stopped, I like have like stopped drinking and like got my life in order for a week. So I feel, you know, much more in control. But then also I'm just like, why can't I just let myself have fun? You know, like, why do I always have to feel ashamed about everything? I don't know. I'm working through that right now. But Jenny, how are you feeling? I wish you were at the party. I, that would have been like your, now your side of the story. I was going to say, I want to insert my third point, which was I was also in Greenpoint trying to get to Manhattan and it, like cars were impossible to get. This storm was crazy this weekend. It was nuts. It was crazy. <laughs> um, but anyways, if you can let me write your short story and direct it, I would love that. Um, yeah. I am okay. I, uh, I quit. <laughs> I quit my job. <laughs> A month Let's ago, go. I nice. worked at Google for like five years and I just <gasps> wow. burnt out. And uh, I think like everyone is burnt out, but like I really hit a point where I was like, I think I just have to quit and be unemployed, but I've never really been unemployed in my adult life. Mm. So oh. this is the first time I felt very um, irresponsible, even though I'm fine. Like I did all the calculations. I'm fine. I'm <laughs> very type yeah. A. Um, yeah. But I think it's the kind of like guilt of not working is mm. comes and goes. So like I had a be- a great beach day last week in the middle of the Sick. week. And it was so fun <laughs> with other friends who don't work <laughs> during the day. AKA and, comedians. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I, it was like so fun. But then also the next day I was like, oh, that's so irresponsible. I went to the, you know, it's like the guilt after. I think it's very similar. It's like sh- feeling kind of bad about having yeah. fun yeah. and relaxing. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and which not, is so bad. Exactly. And it's, I mean, the shame is bad, not the what you did. Right, right. Yeah. It's like the feeling that you can't be having fun is like mm. yeah. constantly in my head. So I think I like go up and down. Like uh, sometimes I'm like, oh, this is fine. This is what you wanted. And then sometimes I flip to the other side, which is like, you're not actively working in the workforce or I'm not producing an incredible script or something like that. Um, yeah. So I just kind of go, it's day to day at this point. <laughs> this yeah. is exciting though. You made a, this is a huge leap for you. I'm yeah. assuming that you, uh, you left to focus more on your creative yes. endeavors. Yeah. Because I think last year I, I'm sure everyone, a lot of people felt this. I just felt so not creative, like just so bad all the time. And I was working the 40 hour work week. So it was just like a one, two punch of like feeling not good about, um, like just not funny or like not having fun. And so I think I just hit a point. Yeah. Not creating. So I think I hit a point where I was like, why don't I just take a break and create for a little bit and like have some relaxing time and also creative time. Yeah. But that's so interesting that you're saying like, so when you were working your day job and not creating, you're feeling bad that you weren't creating, but now you're like, now I'm like going to the beach in the middle of the week. And now I feel bad about that. And I feel, I really relate to that when I'm being like debaucherous. I'm like, no, I'm not allowed to have fun. But like, the truth is like, my life is in order and it's hard for me to like just sit and be like, I can have fun and it doesn't have to make me feel bad. Do you know what I mean? Exactly. Yeah. I think there's this sense that I have to do everything. Like I I should be doing both at the same time. Like why couldn't I have just kept doing the 40 hour work week, but also pumped out all the creative things I need, which is not reality, but in my head, I'm like, why can't I just do it all? That is like tied to like how I was feeling this week too. That's like so fucking hard. You know, just like you're always feeling bad, especially I think, especially when you're a creative 
and maybe it's like more pertaining to Asians because that already in itself feels like you're playing, like you're doing this fake work. And it's like, even when I like do something creative and then I get paid for it, I'm like, I don't even feel like, I'm like, well, I was having fun. Do I even deserve this money? Like that's, you know, in my head. Yeah, that's like so real. Speaking of pandemic, Jenny, you uh, in a little pre-recording huddle, I think you said that you've had somewhat of a journey when it comes to you and your identity with your quote-unquote Asian-ness. Do you want to uh, expand on that a little bit? Yeah, I think I think a lot of people might have gone through this, but obviously this past year has been nuts. Um, and mm-hmm. with last June, um, with the BLM protests and obviously all the violence leading obviously through this whole past year, I think I, and being just stuck at home, I had to think about race for the first time. So I'm from San Francisco and I um, went to predominantly white schools like growing up. And so I just truly never thought about it because to me, like thinking about it was futile. I was like, I just have to survive, you know, not that it was like bad, but it's like, subconsciously I'm like well I'm I'm just like have to I'm gonna make friends and like whatever you know I just have to kind of figure it out I'm not thinking about this when I'm 13 but um, and you're like overnight oats do taste pretty good too (laughs) (laughs) yeah exactly I like gluten-free bread yeah yeah Yeah. um and so I uh, I think like this is the first time I had to like sit down and kind of like come to terms with the fact that uh, I'm not like, I think I always had in my head, I was like, well, I'm not black, brown, like I'm not oppressed in the same ways. And I like knew that, mm. but I don't, mm-hmm. I always felt like I didn't really deserve to discuss race because mm. Asians are just so often omitted from the conversation. Um, you don't have it that bad. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and unquote. so I think this past year was the first time where I was like, you know, all the things were going around Instagram, like have the conversation with your friends. Yeah. And I was like, Oh, most yeah. of my friends are white. Um, what does that say about mm-hmm. me? And then I try to have the conversation and I think um, it didn't go over very well. And I lost a good oh. number of friends. And I think I started re- relying more on my Asian friends throughout the process Mm -hmm. to like talk about like how I felt or like my coming to terms with the fact that like I am a certain way because I'm Asian um, Mm -hmm. and like the role of white supremacy like all this stuff kind of tumbled in at once this past year also I was going to therapy and my therapist is an Asian woman so Uh (laughs) that also helped but um, I think I really just had this like moment where I was like hey race exists like race impacts (laughs) all of us I can't just like hold it in obviously my parents Mm -hmm. don't know how to discuss it so they've also and they don't have really a sense either of what white supremacy is or the structure of it or whatever so um, it was just like this moment of like oh my goodness I've just been repressing this thing that's a part of me um, and the way I'm treated and the way I've been raised and all this stuff Mm -hmm. and I think I like learned a lot about myself and um, kind of like why I am the way I am for example why do I use comedy as a coping mechanism (laughs) like stuff like that Um, so yeah I don't know it was a it's been a crazy year of self-discovery and now I'm blonde and I quit my job. Now you're blonde. <laughs> you know, I, this is so interesting, Jenny, because I feel like this is such a, a, a experience that so many Asian Americans have 
but I don't think we've ever had a guest. And, and I know that former guests have got, experienced what you, you've experienced, but I don't think we've ever like discussed that uh, specifically with a guest. Like, so I think there's so many Asian Americans that grew up in America in all white spaces that just sort of like, it's almost like a survival mechanism, you know? And I, I don't see it. I never like fault somebody for this, but just being like, I'm not going to think about race because this is, I just have to get through my life and I, I can just go through my life and live like this and not deal with it because it's really hard to think about. And then one day you have this, like this epiphany or like this, this need to like be like, I have to talk about this. And for you, it was, you know, the quarantine, which led to the race protests and stuff like that. That like transition is just so like intense, you know? And like, I think you just said this really quick, but I, I feel like people really need to hear the part where you said, I had the conversation with my white friends and that ended our friendship with a lot of them. Like that is intense. Like the fact that you had these people in your life and yeah. you just bringing up something that's like inherent to you as your race made it impossible to continue being friends with them. Like that's like so like profound, I think. Yeah, it was sad. They were truly my like best friends. Um, oh, shit. Wow. But it it's interesting because I think the reason why things fell apart was probably to them not race. But then to me, mm. it was race. It's like, mm. it's, I, and I think I mentioned this like in my little precursor thing. I think part of the big coming to that I had was how much I decenter myself in like every mm. aspect of my life. I was like, you know, being Asian, I'm like, I'm not part of growing up in American schools. I'm like, I'm not part of any of this. Like, I'm not mm. reflected in most of this conversation. I don't really yeah. have like a place in this conversation. Um, and so then that kind of like, and you don't see yourself on TV. So you're like, well, I'm not part of television or like any media that, that I see. Um, yeah. And then you just kind of subconsciously accept that you're not part of the conversation. You're not part of anything. You're just kind of like, in relation to everything you exist, but you, you are not central to anything. And so I think like, and it's also that tied to like Japanese values that I was raised with, which is like, you know, mm. you know, you don't, you don't center yourself. You're part of the yeah. whole. And mm -hmm. so like a combo of all of that stuff. Yeah. I just like consistently live my life, not thinking about like, what makes me happy? Like, what, what do I want? Who am I? Like, I couldn't answer who am I like two years ago? Like what kind right. of person I am? Cause I thought wow. of everything like, Oh, I am, a daughter and I am a friend and I am, you know, an employee at this company. Like I thought of myself very yeah. relationally and everything and never your, like yeah, your relationship to somebody else. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And so wow. I think our conversation or the reason why everything fall apart is because I started centering myself where I was like, I mm. feel <gasps> bad about this thing that you said, or like standing up for myself where I was like, I don't like the way that this conversation is being discussed. Uh, yeah. And that is tied <clears throat> to race in this way, because you probably yep. don't realize that being white you, and me being yeah. Asian kind of subliminal or like subconsciously, you probably see me in a certain so way. So glad you said that. <laughs> and, yeah. yeah. So cause and, like white, yeah. Cause white people are so used to being centered that the people of color around them like uphold that. And then the second you're like, Nope, I want, I want to be in the, I want to be the main character. They're right. like, no, no, you are the Asian sidekick. <laughs> exactly. Like they all, and you know, I just want to say this really quick. Sorry to interrupt you, but like the, what you said of the Japanese value stuff, the, I think like, the culturally Asian people are like thought 
like taught to decenter themselves culturally and Asian and white people are taught to center themselves. And I think yeah. that mm-hmm. becomes like a, like a dysfunctional relationship. And that's why I think a lot of like Asian people with the model minority myth and stuff like that get along so well with white people because culturally it creates like a dysfunction where white people are like, we're always the center and Asian people are like, we're never the center. And I think yeah. there, there's a lot of like that dynamic with Asian people, white people relationships in America. But continue, please. Continue. I would agree with that. I feel like I've been thinking yeah. about this a lot. I think I historically have been very drawn to mm-hmm. maybe more alpha types, like when it, and like alpha white people, because then right. I don't have to center myself. I don't have to talk about myself. I don't have to think about my feelings. I can just kind of like right. exist, um, centering someone else. And so this past year was yeah. like this big learning that oh, I'm actually unhappy doing X, Y, and Z, or I'm unhappy when I hear this stuff, or like I don't feel fulfilled in this relationship like this friendship um yeah. and I'm like gonna voice it and so it was it was this like turnaround where I was like hey I'm working on myself and I'm gonna make myself the main character of this my own story and my own movie um yeah and then it kind of backfired because I think when the relationship is consistently like dominant and like like so one person yeah. is more dominant and like gets to say whatever they want the second I, you yeah. start standing up for yourself it comes off like you're doing something to the other person even though i'm like this is nothing to do with you this is my own journey of trying yeah. to become yeah. a whole person yeah. on my own Damn. you're just taking back <laughs> space and for white people it feels like you're attacking them you're just right, right. you're just get, you're just trying to get as much as they get and they're like no 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 this is all mine yeah and yeah. so that was right. like, like huge huge turning wow. point fuck yeah. this is like <laughs> So much of what you're saying echoes my own like personal experiences to a T because similar to you, I would I would like gravitate towards uh, alpha white dude type of people because I didn't have to center myself. And mm. I think that ex- I think that is a big reason why I even got into stand-up comedy is it's an environment where you force yourself to be the center. Mm-hmm. And right. but it still feels kind of safe because it's a controlled environment to center yourself as opposed to being at a bar and like, yo, Chad, I say this place fucking sucks, bro. Like, do you want to hit up the bar down the street? Like, that's <laughs> that's like a like, like there's variables to that, and that would feel uncomfortable to me. And yeah, damn, yeah, so yeah, it's crazy. It is nuts. So wow. it's so nuts. So because I, I had to like end a lot of friendships too, similar to you, because. If I just sat and thought about it, I'm like, wait a minute. How come we always fucking do whatever you want to do? And then anytime I put any effort to do anything, it just gets like blown off as a bad idea yeah, or right. not even acknowledged. Right. <laughs> now I'm like, now I feel like I'm the, cause like, you know, Jenny, I, I just want to say this really quick too. Sorry. I'm like stepping all over everyone's stories, but <laughs> like I, I had this big, like a, uh, like shift in my life. Cause I was like a caretaker role and I, and I never like. Uh, spoke up I was like my ex-husband's wife I was like his like rep like manager and I never ever talked in front of people and I had like this like weird snap where like I did a complete 180 and I am who I am now and I just want to say like during that transition and I'm not going to say it was just white people it's just that everybody in my life was like a big character and they weren't all white probably they were most Asian but like during that shift I lost a lot of friends too so it is like when your personality is more like the like oh like I'll do it for you like you you get the attention when you make that shift like you just do lose friends and I just want to point out it's not just white people oh yeah totally I think yeah, that yeah. the other thing though is I do see myself as a very like people pleasery like soft person like I just want to be loved 
Um, and I, the interesting thing is actually, I did not cut them out. Like our friendship ended, but they cut me out. So, um, and I thought that was fascinating too. I was like, oh, wow. I just truly, <laughs> it's just like me, like standing up a little bit was like enough to like kind of tip over the scales, I guess, for That's them. Damn. Yeah. Um, Classic whites. <laughs> Sorry. I, so I am familiar with your work. I would say there's a signature to them where you do, you satirize and like <clears throat> so accurately make fun of this brand of like coastal elite white person. Um, you know, some your videos were like making fun of like the like white people like appropriating certain culinary cuisines and elevating them and uh like the wellness industrial complex and did this also did this like style of comedy like coincide with your own like personal you know journey with your asian identity oh fully oh a hundred percent like i I started making videos in after all of this because if you had talked to me last year, I was like, oh, like no one wants to see my face. Like I don't, no one needs to see me on the internet. Crazy. Um, because I always, I, I think of myself as a writer. Like I don't think of myself yeah. as an actor. And so I was just like, who, who am I to be here? Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. And then I think like this whole journey, I was like, oh my goodness. Like I, that's a whole narrative that I've been fed my whole life, mm. you know, it's just like how the reason why, um, like I, part of it does like, Oh, Asian people aren't funny was like a thought I had for a really long time, but it's just because I don't <sighs> wow. see them on SNL until very recently. It's like stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. and so I think like I had this turnaround where I was like, who cares? I'm going to do what I want to do. And then obviously I've, I was always very, I've been very anxious about posting things about race because I think mm -hmm. this is going back <clears> to my <throat> thought that I don't deserve to talk about race. Who am I to talk about race? Yeah. Um, right. And I think this whole experience, I was like, no, I can talk about race and I can kind of make fun of, you know, the brand of person who says they're an ally, but then they're like, what? absolutely not an ally when it comes down to it. Like that is an experience yeah. I just had. <laughs> I'm like, why not make is, fun yeah. of that in a way that's like, I'm, I'm trying to make a point, which is they yeah. think they're doing something good and fine and that doesn't hurt but I'm like you're really not doing anything innovative you're just like a wealthy no. white person who <laughs> is stealing from other cultures I know I, it's like Jimmy, it's, yeah. it's like those influencers who post one black square and you're like hey um, oh my god uh, I don't know it just seems kind of odd that you're now posting thirst traps like the day after you posted the black square and like <laughs> excuse me that's really fucking destabilizing and I don't need this toxic energy <laughs> <laughs> I feel, you know, I like just talking to you, Jenny. I feel like I am understanding why I love your comedy so much. I feel like I was telling Brian, I think that we have like similar um, perspectives. Um, and it's interesting to hear that you just started doing these videos. I didn't know it was that recent. Um, here's my thing. Well, first of all, I'm going to say, obviously, you absolutely have the right to make fun of white people. We live in this country that's like a white supremacist country. Mm -hmm. That's what I always say. And we are oppressed. And like the fact that you lived your entire life thinking that you were there to uphold the main character that's a white person. I think that your comedy is like a very intelligent and like, like it's like you know your subject matter so much because you've mm -hmm. been around their oppression your mm -hmm. entire life, right? Mm -hmm. And that's why it's so spot on, I feel like. But um, my, so I think we have like similar subject matters, even though we have very different styles, like as comedians. But this is my thing. Before the pandemic, before I started making internet videos, my stand-up 100% was only about making fun of Korean people because... <laughs> 
because, you know, I read as Korean to white people, most stand-up audiences are white and they liked that. They, they laughed and nobody yeah. was ever offended. Koreans weren't offended. White people weren't offended. And they loved the white people fucking loved it. You know what I mean? Like my mom <laughs> hits me with the shoe jokes. They fucking ate that shit up. But then during the pandemic, I started making white videos and like everyone can make fun of white people because they're on top of the totem pole, but I am white. I am biracial. So if you think it's okay for me to make fun of Koreans, I can also make fun of white people, right? Apparently not, according to the whites. They got so mad. And I was like, I was like, what? Like my entire comedy career, I've been making fun of Koreans and you've been laughing your fucking ass off. And then, and then I say that white people like eating pancakes and now you want me dead. Now you want me to go back to China. Like what, do you know what I mean? Yes. Like, so I feel like, so, I mean, I feel like your comedy is so respectful and you do it very intelligently. Do people get mad? Do I do try to make it so specific that you can't get mad, but, but people get mad. I just realized that I, you can't, you can't do this stuff without getting a little bit of hate. It was just yeah. so fascinating. It was like, I saw a comment that was like, well, look at this girl. She dyed her hair blonde. She's trying to be white. I was like, okay, what's oh God, happening? I have so many thoughts. I was like, I had pink hair before this. Like, what was I trying to do then? Like, I just, <laughs> yeah, that was more my, I wanted to like do something different with my look that had nothing to do with that. But it is fascinating. Like the hate, the hate I got for making fun of like, very, very wealthy billionaire white women, like one specific yeah. white woman um, yeah. was like, it was crazy to get like comments like that or like, oh, you know, I, I saw a joking one, which was like, haha, this is funny. But remember that white people are not a monolith and that you shouldn't just tear down white people. And I was like, I never said they were a monolith. And like, yeah. it's like weirdly <laughs> condescending that that's like the way you're responding to this, which is like, well, remember, we're each individuals. Like, I'm like, of course. And this character is making fun of a specific type of individual. Right. Um, yeah. So it's fascinating to see that, like, no matter how careful you are, people will get, the fragility is like wild. Like, fragility. Everyone it's will get insanity. so up in arms. It's insanity. Like, I don't, like, why are people putting their neck out for Gwyneth Paltrow? <laughs> like, <laughs> like, what the fuck? Yeah, no, yeah. She doesn't think oh, about you. Yeah. <laughs> she probably she hates she, you. Yeah, <laughs> she hates you. She hates poor people so much. She hates poor people. You heard it here first. Um, I, I made a joke about rich white finance bros. And they're like, well, how is this not racist? I was like, they will kill your children for 15 more dollars. Like, you're this, really going to fight for fucking This man is Chad? literally the son of the Sackler family heir. He is making millions pumping out Oxycontin into West Virginia. Yeah. They killed it's, your teenage son oh my God. for $300. It for is, $300. It's this thing where I feel like white people just are so desperate to be victimized, like the victim yes. in this oh way God. where I'm like, you actually don't have to be the victim. <laughs> it's okay. Like we can all laugh at this wealthy, powerful person. We're all punching up here. Like it's right. okay. Um, right. yeah. we're not, like, it's just to take it personally and to be like, well, this is an attack on me. I'm always just blown away. Cause I'm like, no, we can all laugh. Gwyneth Paltrow, she's from money. She has so much money. She sucks. She, she sells egg, like jade eggs that are thousands of dollars. Like it's okay. We can make fun of that. 
Yeah. I, I just can't forget the time when, when they gave her the amount of money that people get for the like EBT stamps mm-hmm. for a day. Like, could you feed your family for $13? Mm-hmm. And she bought four limes. Do you remember that? <laughs> no. And they were like, why no. did you buy? She bought four limes and a sprig of mint and like, uh, like whole grain rice. And they're like, uh, you failed. Your family died 14 days ago. What are you doing, bitch? And she's like, well, I couldn't buy the instant ramen. That's not healthy. It's like, you have starved to death. Can't get over that. You're we ma- need to make fun of her. Oh, yeah. yeah cool. I was just thinking, I was like, yeah. could you imagine her on the Oregon Trail? This is not anything to us. Like, she would die so immediately. Like, oh, if she was so like trying limes. to survive. Yeah, just they would, eat. So- they would be like, oh, good. We're going to eat her. Wait, there's nothing to eat. It's yeah, like, exactly. Wait, like your son has dysentery. What do you want to do? You want to give them medicine? And Gwyneth's <laughs> like, I don't see any option to put a sprig of cinnamon stick and rub <laughs> yeah. it over. <laughs> this like, game yeah. fucking blows. Yeah. <laughs> do you have coconut oil or what? <laughs> He's he's starving. You mean he's on a cleanse? Like it's just like sis. Yeah. No, but this is also this is a race solidarity versus class solidarity. Yeah. I, I'm like I'll be honest. Like I make fun of white people all the time, but my best friends are all poor white people because I'm a poor. Like I grew up fucking poor. Those are my right. friends. Right. Those are my like ride ride or dies. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Right. Really? Hang out in front of the gas station. You know, it, it is a very interesting phenomenon how fragile everyone is, though. Because even like amongst ourselves on our podcast, we we like make fun of aspects of our culture, and like it's not meant in a malicious way. It's just kind of like we're bonding over this shared trauma of this thing, and it's like, yeah, we had this experience cool. with our parents. But we're yeah. not upset at them. We get that there's limitations to the way they raised us. And this is like, let's just laugh about it together. But anytime it's like, I don't know. I, it's really like, complicated. Yeah. And if I think too much about it, I'm like, is what I'm doing harmful to Asian people? But <laughs> I don't think it's harmful at all. I mean, like, truly, <laughs> I think the conversations, I don't know. I just, just having been a person who never had conversations about being yeah. Asian at all. I'm like, any conversation yeah. is like really nice <laughs> and makes me feel yeah. not alone. Cause I think in my head, Aww. I was like, oh, is this like an experience that only I've had? <laughs> you know, like being <laughs> Asian yeah. and repressed I in like America. <laughs> and it's only this past year where everyone's like, we're all repressed and like never Yay. really dealt with anything until now. And I'm like, oh, okay, cool. We're all kind of on this well, journey. Asian people, we're just like laughing at our, our own struggles. And like what I said about making Korean jokes, Koreans don't get mad at that. But you know what? I have to say most white people also don't get mad at white jokes. It's only a few. It's not all of them. They're not a monolith. Yeah, not a monolith. It's just the vocal few. There are just like a couple vocal people who make a big stink it's, out of it. It's one person. It's yeah. Gwyneth Paltrow. <laughs> she hates the jokes. So are these comedy videos cathartic for you? Like you said, you talked about how you were repressed and I guess these are all feelings and ideas that were bottled up inside of you and now you have this avenue to sort of channel all that energy into. Yeah, I think for me, comedy is a coping mechanism for sure, <laughs> like in my, with anything, um, any negative feelings. And so I think it is like this re- nice release. And also I realized, I was like, oh, I can like make fun of systems of oppression or whatever um, yeah. in this way that is also just like digestible. And I think mm. the first like white woman video I did when it 
I was so confused because I, I just didn't expect it to kind of get the attention that it did. Not that it was hugely yeah. viral, but like a lot of people like resonate or like resonated with it or kind of understood exactly what I was going for. And I was like, oh, whoa, that was my first time broaching the topic. And it was yeah. kind of from a place of um, I have friends like that. So I was like, well, I kind of just also wanted to <laughs> get that out, like kind of like the... Mm what was making me angry about it or like the irony of it. Mm -hmm. um, and so, yeah, it was definitely a release. And, but I also realized I'm like, oh, by doing this, I'm like saying things that people, other people are thinking or like the anger that other people are feeling. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it's like kind of like a fun, nice way to do it. <laughs> like to let it out. Um, yeah, totally. <laughs> yeah. It's like Did what you were saying about stand-up comedy. It's like a structured way for me to like center my feelings or like what right. I want to say. Yeah. And did your friend who you were making fun of DM you on Instagram with your viral video and you're like, LOL, so funny. <laughs> Great to see you killing it out here. <laughs> oh my God. No, I wish. <laughs> you know she saw it though. Oh, I, I hope. <laughs> I can only she hope. saw it. She saw it. That's the thing that's so fun about like doing internet comedy because like, you know, doing stand-ups, like no one's ever going to see it. But like if anything you do goes even mildly viral, all the people that you hate in your circle, they're going to hear about it somehow. Oh, yeah. Oh I mean, God. I'm hoping. <laughs> this is why I do the work yes. I do for the haters. Yes. For, for the sweet, sweet taste of revenge. <laughs> for the haters. <laughs> This is a question that we like to ask all of our guests, and that is, what is something that you are proud of? Um, <laughs> I knew this question was coming, and I was like, okay, um, I'm completely blindsided. Um, I, I think I'm, I'm really proud of myself for all the changes I've made this year. I think quitting a 40-hour work week job at a very cushy job at Google. At Google. Ever I am heard very, of it? I'm very proud of myself for making the leap. Like that was the first time I've prioritized my like feelings over what I've been taught, you know, stability and all that stuff. Like just choosing it over that, yeah. which has been ingrained in me for my whole life was huge. And so I'm very proud of myself for making the leap, even though I have many panic attacks when I think about, oh, um, you know, more like logistical things, um, like healthcare. Um, but <laughs> otherwise I'm like very proud because I've been talking about it for forever and I like finally made the leap. So yeah, yeah I'm proud of that. That's a huge leap. I feel like all of us, cause we're all just like, we're creatives and our careers are going nowhere. No offense. Just me. That's my internal monologue. <laughs> Not you. But, I always but talk about how I, I want to become an accountant on the podcast. <laughs> Do it, Brian. Make Do the it. leap. Yeah, my dad's an accountant. Very stable. <laughs> Very stable. But no, I feel like, you know, w because we have done it, we're like, yeah, we did it. But I feel like for for a lot of people, that's their dream and they never, they don't ever do it. And that's like most people. So I think that's like a huge thing to be proud of. Yeah, totally. It was so interesting because like when I did, made the decision, I announced it. The number yeah. of people who called me brave like, oh, you're so brave. Like, so I wish brave. I was as brave as you. And I was like, brave to pursue comedy is like yeah. a fascinating way to frame that. Um, but like the number was like, I wish I could do what you're doing. Or like, I wish like I could just make the leap into my passions. I was like, all right. Like it is like a, it's a scary thing. And I was like, didn't realize how many people will never make that leap. 
And then you have Trevor who works at sales at Google's like, yo, I think it's pretty sick that you made that leap. And honestly, <laughs> I've always thought I could do stand-up comedy. I think I'd be pretty good at it, but <laughs> yeah, I just yeah. haven't really found the time to do it. <laughs> Can I send you my type five? Um, <laughs> do you know that that Ronnie Chang thing where he was like, and then they're like secretly haters because they want to do it and they can't. And then they're like, oh, good. Well, and then he said that they kept asking him how much he was getting paid or something when he like, remember he had like, I think he yeah. talked about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because he was a lawyer, and I think his law friends ask, like, that's cool, so you must be, uh, you making pretty good money from these movie appearances? (laughs) So not only are they too scared to do it, but then they resent you for being brave. Yes. And And what are we but not brave? We're so brave, all of us. (laughs) We're We're so so brave. brave. We're so brave. (laughs) (laughs) You're so brave, and you should be so proud of yourself for doing what you do and for being on this podcast. Oh, thank you so much. <laughs> I know that Brian wasn't joking. Like, I, I honestly oh. feel like you are so brave. And like, you, oh, I was you know 100% what I mean? like, joking what? and making fun of <laughs> these white people. But yes, oh, it is a tremendous a ca- leap. Brian was doing a character. Brian was being the white... Uh, Brian, in the role of Gwyneth Paltrow today was Brian Park. I think but, uh, we've all... Listeners, we've all but, learned I mean, that in yeah. Young Me's brain, uh, I just sound like a privileged white woman. And whatever I say in that character, oh, that's just Brian talking. <laughs> I But I want to say, really, you are so brave. And your, you know, your videos, like, I, you know, I know how hard that is. And like people are weird about it. And all you're doing is literally just doing stuff that they really do. Do you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. My last one, <laughs> I literally just said the things that the person said. Like I verbatim. verbatim. Um, so it really writes itself, you know. Um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I'm not doing anything super innovative here. I'm just kind of pointing it out. <laughs> but no, that is brave because like in this country, you can't even do that somehow like you do you know what I mean they can't even handle that yeah so you are actually very brave and I feel very I do feel proud of you for doing doing your work and I think you're so funny and I'm so glad you were here today it was so great talking to you thank you I'm gonna go listen to Sarah Bareilles's Brave after this um (laughs) and just really have a moment with myself let's go and where can our listeners find you and your work you can find me at Jenny Arimoto on basically any social media. Um, and I have a website if you really want to check the stuff that I'm not in, but I wrote. <laughs> you could check it out. JennyArimoto.com. Hit me up. And are the DMs open for our listeners? Oh, for the thirsty <laughs> listeners. DMs are open only on Instagram. I will probably not respond, but know that I look through them. I get very anxious with strangers and I think it's so, so kind, but I get so nervous that I'm not going to live up to your expectations of me. So I, I read everything and I think everyone has been so nice to me and I like, sounds like a challenge listeners. Yeah. (laughs) If you can, if you can get me to respond, let's see. Wow. Jenny's DM challenge. (laughs) That's going to be the title of the episode. Jenny's (laughs) DM DM challenge. challenge. Interest me folks. Uh, Youngmi, where can our listeners find you on socials? Um, you can find me at YM Mayor and TikTok Youngmi Mayor. How about you, Brian? You guys can find me at It's Brian Park. Follow us on Instagram for the podcast. It's at Feeling Asian Podcast. We have a YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Feeling Asian Podcast. 
And if you made it this far, leave us a review on iTunes. It's been the velocity's been kind of trickling down, and we'd love to get more reviews, more likes. It helps with the SEO. It helps get our podcast seen. And Yeah. yeah, thank you for listening. And we hope you enjoy the rest of your day. Bye. Bye.